0: other side of the podcast the glamorous backstage look it is pretty fun
1: peeling back the curtain on the wizard of oz who's who's who you are peeling back the curtain and me and izzy are revealed to be the least glamorous podcast hosts that ever were merely pulling at strings how do people have a baby
2: what's gay um What is a period? What is transgender? What is a condom? What is a sperm? What is poop? I can't say it. What
1: is puberty? What would it be like to be a boy? But would a boy want to know what it's like to be a girl? What is that? What is sex? Welcome back! Oh boy, there's a lot of energy inside of me. I always forget that, like, this is a lot of socializing <laughs> nowadays. Okay, welcome back to What is Sex? Each episode, we will discuss one anonymous question we've been asked by a kid while teaching sex ed. I'm Rebecca.
0: And I'm Izzy. And we're two of the co founders of Yes, a nonprofit that provides sex positive, intersectional, consent based sexuality education to people of all ages.
1: We believe it is never too early to start having these conversations. To learn more about us, check out our website, yestoconsent.org. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at yes2consent. I'm excited to be back. It's uh season 3, episode 1, and it's February.
0: <laughs> it is February. It is snowing. And our our podcast is 21 episodes old. Oh.
1: Yeah. We started in 2020, is that right? That's right. Wowie wow. <laughs> what a, and what a year it was.
0: What a year it has been. Only
1: good things. New projects. Uh,
0: <laughs> a lot of time at home.
1: We've all perfected Zoom technology.
0: Oh, we sure have. No, we have not at all. We really struggle here. My just... headphones are making some weird noises. Keep it together. Trying my best. <laughs> uh but we're joined today by a third co-founder of Yes, which is so exciting. Third of four.
1: Third of four. Hello. <laughs> Hi, Eve. Eve is one of the co-founders of Yes, and currently helps us with workshop facilitation and our email newsletter. They have extensive education experience, having worked with students from five months to over 50 years old. They currently live in our hometown in New Jersey on Munsee-Lenape territory, with Eve's parents and three dogs.
0: Welcome! Thank you!
2: (laughs) What? I already said what an honor to be on the first episode of A New Season, but also, it's spooky to be on the other side of this podcast
1: yeah you're yeah, one you're... of our most devoted listeners Eve. exactly you're maybe my i didn't
2: know that but i am devoted you're maybe
1: my only friend who listens to this podcast
0: <laughs> rebecca has a complex they don't know what they're missing it's true
1: i have a huge complex <laughs> and i will say it over and over again my family is supportive yeah
2: you know, can i just say this podcast is a blast because every episode is has someone who's, like, so different, and all of the questions are really funny, but also really valuable, and so it's just, like, a varied, interesting experience, season after season. Thanks,
0: Eve. Thanks, Eve. Also, yeah, I have a lot to I... say
2: about you two as co-hosts, and how... Please do. In some ways you're, like, the perfectly contrasting co-hosts.
1: And in other ways.
2: <laughs> and I've, can I also share, I've, after listening to 21 episodes... I feel like for a lot of these questions, there's a spectrum and Rebecca lies on one end of the spectrum and Izzy lies on the other. And I like put myself on the Izzy-Rebecca spectrum in terms of like what my childhood experience with sexuality was. Like how Izzy do I lean and how Rebecca do I lean on this question?
1: I love that. And if anyone's listening and would like to make a graphic for that, (laughs) boy, would I love it. That should be what our merch is next. I'll get Mm, on that.
0: Okay.
1: We can cut I'd that out, because I'm sick of making that promise, but I would wear it.
0: <laughs> I'd wear it, too. Um, <sighs> cool. shall we start? Izzy, do you want to? Yeah. Kick, Great. Can I say I'm so nervous? Oh. You can say that. So we're starting off season three with a question that I got from a middle schooler last semester. And the question is, boys like me, what do I do? Right. No
2: punctuation was my favorite part of that question. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Boys like me, what do I do?
0: I really related, I have to say. Uh, so, Eve, do you want to share first impressions of what might be a question behind this question? What are they getting at?
2: I also related, um, to a certain extent. Funnily, I feel like my biggest question was would have been the opposite of this question. But I did also have this question deep down inside. And so I felt some empathy with this question without punctuation. Uh, and I thought, the question behind the question is just like a true yearning to figure out how to deal with this whole new class of interpersonal relationships. Like, there's the supposed liking thing, dating thing... And it's supposed to be different, but, like, it seems mysterious and impenetrable. So, like, what do, what do I even do? Like, how do I do it? If it's not the relationships I already know, like, if it's not friendship or familiar relationships or, like, classmate relationships, and everyone says it's important, but no one's really telling me how to do it, how, like, how do I
0: figure out what to do? Yeah. I mean, I definitely hear that. of Just like, how, how do I date? (laughs) What is that? Um, but I, I, I kind of saw three potential questions behind this question. Um, so one of them could, that I was thinking was just, what do I want? So like, do I want to date these boys? Do I not, do I want to make them go away? Do I want to make something happen? Like how do I figure out what I want? And then I was also thinking what is okay to do? Like, am I a slut if I like boys? Right. Like, am I, um, you know, doing something wrong if I say no. So yeah. What, what am I allowed to do? Like what is like socially okay. Um, and then finally the one that I thought at first because it's how I felt is how do I get boys to leave me alone? (laughs) Like how do I make them go away? Um, so those are the three questions behind the question that I was thinking about.
2: I was thinking about what do I want, um, because I think that's the question I had. So I was, like, seeing it through the lens of my own experience. And um, I feel like this question could be asked by someone who doesn't even know that they're allowed to have what they want into play. But I feel like there are some people who don't even know that, like, what they want should be the how they define how they're going to respond. And I think I approached it in terms of like, what am I supposed to be doing to be liked and to be nice? And it would have been helpful for someone to have said, I mean, I eventually got there, but I felt like that I was missing a like, well, what do you actually want? So I wonder if the person asking this question is asking with some help to figure out what they want, or if they even know that like what they want can and arguably should be how they approach this question.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that is where my, that's definitely where I went first. Um, I I like related to this question immediately as an adult, having this question still of like the damage (laughs) has sort of been done. I've sort of already been like socially conditioned to just be nice to men. And like, if they like you and if they're being nice to you, then you know you're sort of safe and you perhaps have more power than if they don't like you and they're not being nice to you and so i still kind of have this question like i know i know the answer intellectually but i think that my behavior would indicate that i just certainly don't prioritize what i want and i'm prioritizing sort of the ease of moving through the world
0: yeah Oh, that makes me sad, but very relatable. So next we like to think about our first memory of having this question. And I have so many memories of having this question. I feel like mine's gonna be a really long answer.
1: But yeah, I'm excited to hear all wondering. of your memories. <laughs> in hopes that they um, will spark any memory of mine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um but Eve, do you want to go first?
2: Sure. Uh, so I prepared to answer this question of the three questions. As a devoted listener, I tried to prepare beforehand, and this was the question that really took me down a rabbit <laughs> the meat hole. of the podcast. <laughs> uh, it's also funny because um, I've been friends with all of the YES co-founders for many, 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 many years. Uh, 20 years, Meeting at all least. of you in elementary school. And I was friends with Rebecca by early elementary school. I was friends with Natalie by late elementary school. I was friends with Izzy by middle school or high school, depending on who you ask. <laughs> and so... Something I love about us doing this part is that we will know some parts of each other's. Mm. Um, but maybe not all parts of each other's stories. <sighs> okay, so... I... I had crushes from early on. Um... All boys uh, didn't tell anyone, especially not them. <laughs> well, I would tell my friends using like code words. I had one friend in particular, um, who is he still friends with, who like really valued knowing who my crush of the moment was. <laughs> um, I really appreciate that about her now because it turns out I really struggle with sharing with my friend, like sharing stuff to my friends, and so anyway, my point is. I wasn't telling anyone I liked that I liked them. It seemed impossible, and also, like, why like, would I do it? Yeah, was the the world. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. Um, and for adolescence, I really felt like not that many boys liked me. Uh, and so I, like, for this question, I, like, counted all the times I learned that boys liked me what do I do? (laughs) Like the question (laughs) asked. And my list was pretty short. So like my, my true question at the time was like, how will I ever have a boyfriend if no one seems to like me? Um, But there were these few instances um, in adolescence when some boy liked me and I did not know what to do. And so they feel very applicable to this question. And the first time was in middle school Maybe it was in seventh grade. There was a dance that was going to happen one night in our cafeteria. And someone who I didn't really know, but had, like, been in elementary school with us, was in middle school with us, and who did morning announcements with me. Um, But, like, who I'd never had a conversation with. And I also, like, really judged him coming from a point of, like, not having enough social security... <laughs> social security myself um there were certain people in our grade who was like I can't I can't interact with them cuz it'll be like social suicide <laughs> like math leagues and mean girls um so I was very judgmental wow uh, but it came from a place of my own insecurity and this was one <laughs> this person was one of those people and he asked is he, me to you laughing to because this you dance. Know who this
1: person is
2: I don't think okay. so Well he asked me to this dance like in so, we did morning announcements in the woodshop room. What? Um, and we were in the woodshop room, and it was early morning. I had not prepared for that question, especially coming from that person. And so, my immediate response was yes. But, like, the reality was, I do not want to go to dance with this person. I think that was also the extent of the con- our conversation. Just, like, someone asking, someone saying yes. I feel like that's how dating happened in middle school. Also, someone would just be like, do you want to be my boyfriend? And Another other person said yes, and then they'd like run to their groups of friends to tell. So I left, and I was like, okay, so I'm going to go to the dance with this person, but I'm not going to dance with him. Like, that was my goal.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry, can I just pause? Yeah. We had a middle school dance? <laughs> yeah i just uh,
2: dj by what? hot and i joe and chacha slide were there uh, dj
0: schwartz does anyone remember dj schwartz my house mccarthy teacher who dj all the dances and always ended on perfect day it's a perfect day <laughs> no. <laughs> okay Nothing think- standing in
2: my yeah
1: i don't remember exactly.
2: and that's what happened we like acknowledged each other at the dance and I avoided dancing with him. For me, it's just the first of a few examples of me saying yes because it felt impossible to say no, because it would have been mean, because it would have been awkward, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but like not actually wanting to have this interaction with this person, so then just avoiding it, and thus being mean.
0: Yeah. that That way in which we get trained to say yes to things we don't want, and then how that plays into so many other pieces of non-consent culture of just, like, that they don't take our yeses or nos seriously. I don't know. Also,
2: this wasn't as um, strong for me in middle school, but definitely by high school when I was continuing to, like, go on dates with people that I really just want to be friends with and, like, hope they somehow got the message even though I never communicated it with (laughs) them. (laughs) Um, <laughs> yeah. um, in high school I had this complex of like I mentioned earlier like no one likes me in that way I'm never gonna have a boyfriend how horrible uh, and so if someone asked me on a date I was like I guess I should say yes cause someone's showing interest and like why would I mm. Like, give up this opportunity to go on a date with someone because they only happen once in middle school and twice in high school. So, like, gotta take advantage of it. Um, and so, yes, to Izzy's point, that I believe I had learned that it was important to be nice and say yes to things. And also, I felt like not desperate, but like two steps away from desperate. And I felt like I was not in the position to turn down offers because it seemed so embarrassing to make it through high school without having dated someone.
1: It's interesting because I had this like a different complex, but the same behavior presentation. Mm-hmm. Like I just said, yes, which is like, yeah. Sure. I remember saying yes to someone who I was so sure was going... And it wasn't... I should also be clear that, like, the boys I was saying yes to were not, like, asking me on a date. They were like, (laughs) you want to go in the corner? (laughs) And I was mostly like, not really. Um, But I remember so vividly saying yes to someone. And, like, I think they were just like, do you want to make out? And I said, yes. And then... I sort of took a step back and I prepared myself to be like, stand your ground, Rebecca. Just advocate for, your, advocate for yourself because I knew this person was going to be trouble. And I was like, yes, I want to make out, but I need you to promise me that tomorrow in school, you're not going to avoid me and you're going to act like we did kiss.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And they were like, uh, yeah, of course. And I was like, <laughs> okay, then kissing can commence. Um, nice. And they were they were nice about it. I rem- I remember waking up the next day and being like, I don't even want them to know that I kissed them. <laughs> can we just for both forget? Uh, yeah, I was yeah very much a yes man.
2: But what a triumphant story, <laughs> where you coached yourself into expressing what you wanted.
1: Yeah, it's kind of the only time in high school I can remember advocating for myself. But I don't think I even really knew what I wanted, you know?
2: Sure.
0: Oh, boy. Yeah. Want to hear my saga?
1: (laughs) Yes. But can I interrupt you?
0: Yeah. Okay. Go. Just in general? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. To ask questions. um, (laughs) Please. Please ask follow-up questions. So um, when I set up to start taking notes on when I first remember this happening, I ended up making a list of four names. Um, and I won't share the names, but some of them you might be able to figure out who I'm t- talking about. Some of them not. But the first one was from preschool. And in my preschool class, uh, it was either pre-K or kindergarten, actually, um, there was a boy in my class who I did not like. Uh, like, I disliked him. Found him very annoying. Um, and one day, uh, some other kids in the class started coming up to me and saying, like, we heard that So this, this kid kissed you that you guys kissed. And I was like, no, that did not happen. Everyone, everyone was like, yeah, we heard that he kissed you. And then finally it came out that during music class, he had kissed the back of my head lightly enough that I hadn't known and then told everybody about it. And that felt so horrible. Like I felt so violated And so upset and so embarrassed. I was so embarrassed. And I really remember thinking, I cannot come back to school. Like, this has to be the end for me. I don't know how to (laughs) convince my parents, but, like, I can't come back to school tomorrow. I cannot face everybody. Like, this is just too humiliating. And, like, when I think back on that, I'm, like, trying to think what was so humiliating about it. But it's, like, this person just completely... Didn't even think to tell me he liked me or ask me to kiss me. He just like went ahead and found a way to do it without me knowing and then told everyone. I understand we were all like four years old, but it felt really bad. It felt like scary and bad. So that was my first memory of boys like me. What do I do? And my second memory of boys like me, what do I do? Was in like third grade, um, which was one of the first times I remember like learning explicitly and verbally that a boy liked me. Um, he sent his best friend to come over across the playground and tell me that he liked me. And I was a little startled by the whole situation uh, and didn't really do anything about it. And then later, at, like towards the end of the school day, she came back over to me and was like, he's upset that you haven't said anything or like done anything. Um, and I said... I'm just trying to play it cool so nobody knows he likes me. And she was like, oh, that was so smart. Because as we mentioned, it was the end of the world when someone found out who you liked when you didn't want them to. And that's how I got out of that situation. But I really remember thinking, like, I just have to make this go away. Like, I have to find a solution so that we don't have to talk about this anymore (laughs) because it's just uncomfortable and scary. So that was another, like, troubleshooting. Boys like me, what do I do? And then over the years, there were definitely like multiple short lived things. With like, I would be kind to a boy, and then he would develop some kind of feelings that felt overwhelming or like. Well,
1: Izzy, that's your first mistake.
0: Yeah, I, that's what I was being told by everyone around me, honestly. Oh People my were God. saying, stop being nice to them. And I was like, I don't know how to do that. So I don't really know what to do. Um. <laughs> And then I would have this attention that I really didn't want, and I didn't feel like my nose were being heard, but I'm also sure they were really subtle, and I just, like, didn't know what to do. And then in ninth grade, I became kind of friends with this boy who um, we would text. He was in, like, my biology class or whatever. And then uh, somebody told me he was going to ask me to a dance because he had told her, and she told her friend, and she her friend told me, whatever. And so I stopped talking to him. So that was another boys like me, what do I do moment. (laughs) And then in 10th grade, uh, somebody who at the time identified as a boy um, told me that they loved me for the first time. And when they told me that they wanted to talk to me at lunch, um, I like guessed that it might be. A romantic interest thing. And so I sent my friends who were in their next class to walk by them and loudly talk about how I had started dating someone, which I had. Um, And then they told me they were in love with me. And I got to like use the one like acceptable excuse to to men, which is that I was dating a man. And so I was not available. Um, But yeah, the whole thing was upsetting.
2: <laughs> so while you were talking, I thought of another memory, which is often how our friendship <laughs> functions. Um, Izzy sometimes acts as my like external hard drive, remembering <laughs> more of my own life than I remember. Um, so I, but nothing you said was related to what I remembered, but th- there is a way of listening to you to talk like brings up memories I'd forgotten. But I said that my first memory of this was in seventh grade when that person asked me to the dance. But I remembered when Izzy was talking about the elementary school playground that the first boy who said that he liked me was in fifth grade. Um, and this was someone who I was like friendly with. Um, but. I only liked like one boy every year or two years and he was not the boy I liked. <laughs> so it just like wasn't gonna happen. Um in elementary school You're a
1: monogamous crusher. I didn't have any like
2: <laughs> yeah. I'm like willing to try it out with you. No, it was just like I liked this one boy in fourth and fifth grade and this boy wasn't it. <laughs> uh so I remember he told me that he liked me. Uh and then and unlike some following day it was field day Field day, Uh, and you two might remember our elementary school playground had a little hill Mm -hmm. on one end um where a lot of the kids would sit during field day when they weren't participating and we were right around there and i don't remember much of the context of the conversation but i say to this poor boy (laughs) who like asked me why i wasn't talking to him or something i said I'll start talking to you again when you stop blushing whenever you look at me.
1: Cutting. You eviscerated that child.
2: And you ev- I didn't think much about child. it. It just came out of my mouth. I guess I felt like that's what I had to say. I don't know. I had no critical analysis of it. And I think I forgot about it. And then he confronted me two years later at synagogue (laughs) at someone else's bar mitzvah. We, like, crossed paths in the stairwell, and he was like, you said that to me, and it was so mean. And I had a chance to give, like, some poor apology. Okay,
0: but I want to reframe that a little bit, because we were just talking about how scared you were to say no to these other boys, like... You, okay, you said yes. no. You said I'm uncomfortable.
2: But here's the thing. Yes. In my quick, rapid analysis of it now, because I just remembered it, I feel like there was some difference in my way of thinking in elementary school versus middle school. In elementary school, um, I liked who I liked, and like I just, if someone else liked me and I didn't like them, Tough luck. Like, I didn't like them. Um, I didn't feel pressure to date. Like, the first kids were just starting to date. Um, And I was just, like, a lot less self-conscious. I don't think I had any filter. (laughs) Um, And so I think all of those elements contributed to that story. Whereas by the time this dance happened in 7th or 8th grade, I had begun this evolution into someone who was concerned about not being liked by boys and uh, was concerned about being mean or awkward by saying no and did feel some sort of pressure and was just like a lot more self-conscious. And that's why I also judged this person uh, who did ask me. So I feel like, Thinking about these two points, I was I was in a, such a different place. Um, so what does that say about the fact that I so meanly said no to the first boy and then, like, only said yes to the second boy because I didn't even know how to say no? Even though two or three years beforehand, the no just came out in the hardest way possible. But I had totally forgotten about it by the time... Not the hardest way possible, but it was pretty mean. I love this idea um, of, like
1: second grade eve just like on her hill with her birds and sort of like a loose cigarette just like content in her lonely her loneliness not participating in field day and just being like i don't like you and get out of my face and this little boy is just like okay just talking to all the pigeons feeding them bread
2: you may recall close to that corner there were some trees in which we played that there were fairies and that we would build little houses to the fairies. So those were like my pigeons, I guess. <laughs> I don't remember that. There were no secrets, I just think though. you weren't that, that a very mean. Very good, um, dare students. What?
0: <laughs> what, me? What did yeah. you say, Z? I mm-hmm. said you weren't that mean. Like, I'm sure... It hurt that kid's feelings. I'm sure that he felt like he was being vulnerable and rejection is mean. But, like, rejection isn't mean, and you were 10. So, like, I think that uh, <laughs> well, I don't you did think... a pretty good job.
1: Okay. I think it was mean. <laughs> and I don't think I that mean... you can categorize it as just rejection.
0: Sure. Like, it's, a, it's funny. It's, like, an intense line. And it's a little <laughs> harsh. But I'm just saying, like, especially given how hard it was for all of us to say no in all of these different moments. Like, I think you can take some pride in like young. You was just like, I am uncomfortable that you're sexualizing me, which it wasn't the, the child's fault either. Right. Like he's just has a crush. He expressed it, but you're like, I don't want to be around this. I'm a kid. I want to play. It's field day. Like, I want to go run, like, see ya. Like, I think that's kind of awesome and beautiful. And like, sure. It would be ideal if it could happen in a way that hurt nobody's feelings. And I'm sure that person is okay now. Uh, and I'm sure you would phrase it differently now, but like, Good for your little 10-year-old <laughs> self for just being like, I don't want to talk to you when you feel that way about me because that's not where I'm at. And I think that's cool.
1: Wow. Okay, but I will also say that Eve was feeling that way about someone else. So it wasn't that little Eve was like, no, never sure. boy. It was like.
0: No, just not this boy. It was like
1: this thing that you're doing should embarrass you you're blushing in my presence and I've noticed it and I'm going to make you feel bad about it. And ta-ta.
0: Wow. I really disagree. (laughs) I know. Uh, I think, um, yeah, I mean, sure. Nicer ways to say it, but I think it's great to be so clear on what you want. Yes. Just like the boy who Eve liked should have been able to be really clear if he didn't want Eve to talk about liking him.
2: Which I never did.
0: <laughs> sure.
2: Uh, a sibling question to boys like me: What do I do? Could be, I like someone. What do I do? Absolutely, that's a whole other question. I'll ask you My that. issue we have, turned we have... into. Sorry,
0: <laughs> There's was a lag. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> My issue, which is an issue to this day, is when friendships with men turn into them liking me in a romantic way and me not feeling the same way. And then the, like the fallout of what happens when I don't reciprocate. And inevitably the answer has been, they no longer want to be my friend. Mm -hmm. And I've lost so many friendships with people who I absolutely adored, who I was previously so engaged with because I didn't feel romantic about them. And I think that is part of what paints this complex today of like, well, I know what's happened in the past. If I don't say yes, then you're not in my life anymore. Mm -hmm. And it's easy to be like, yeah, well then fuck them if they don't want to be your friend. But the wanting to be their friend doesn't go away. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. I was thinking about that too because That's only happened to me once where a close friend developed feelings for me. And it did end our friendship, although it took years, years of slow, slow, painful uh, deterioration. Um, But I was thinking about that because I think I was I think I was a therapist who kind of pointed this out to me once. But I I have always had feelings about men who i'm friends with not having feelings for me romantic feelings because i think it's part of my like body image issues that i'm like okay but you love everything about me but you don't want to have sex with me is that just a rejection of my body or something? you know what i mean like i have some sort of thing about that um which is unfair but i will i'd be like well if you love me why aren't you in love with me that mm. makes no sense um but then when it did happen i was like oh this is horrible this is not what i wanted so i i think a therapist is the one who pointed that out of like you think you want your male friends to like be interested in you, but then you really don't like it when they are <laughs> like, that's <laughs> completely true. <laughs> like I like theoretically want them to like know how cool and attractive I am and like think that I'm worthy of being in love with, but I don't actually want them to be in love with me and run our friendship. That would be terrible. So that's another like boys like me. What do I do moment that I've had in my life is like, I thought I wanted you to be attracted to me. This is not what I want.
1: Yeah. I also think that it took being emotionally hurt by someone else, like feeling like my affection for them was not reciprocated to understand that it wasn't there. Like I I went through my whole life sort of being like, you don't want to be friends with me just because I don't want to date you. And thinking that it was all on them to sort of get over it, understand that we had a connection that was, you know, not physical, and just be okay, and then it took me not being okay being in the presence of someone that I had feelings for, who I, who I was previously just friends with, to be like, "Oh, this is very hard. This is nearly impossible." And then to watch them date someone else, mm. it's hard, hard to navigate. Romance is so hard
0: <laughs> it's so hard, it's so confusing.
1: But I would say I only fully realized that within the last 5 years.
0: It sounds like really valuable
2: empathy to have developed. Yeah. It's it's so it's making me sad though. Yeah. I think part of what makes me sad and part of what I'm thinking about with what your two stories or your two points brought up is yeah, people need to get over this like friend zone concept where if a man likes a woman he's friends with and she just wants to be friends, he has like the right to be resentful. But like I said, I think there's something really valuable in the empathy you've gained. And maybe the takeaway is a lot of it is hard for everyone.
0: Yeah. Right. right. I mean, the I problem think is it's... the entitlement, like the concept of friend yeah. zone mm-hmm. implies like, if I like you, I have the right to date you. And if you're telling me otherwise, right. you're doing something to me. The feelings are valid. And also
2: that being a friend is,
0: less. is like a
2: temporary zone right? And that's I'm, not as good.
0: Right. It's a punishment. It's like you're you're being mean to me by making me be your friend. It's like, no, being my friend is actually a tremendous privilege. So everyone should chill out about that.
1: It also implies that you only wanted to gain friendship in order to pass to the next level. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I think that there is a difference between saying, like, I understand that you can't be around me anymore because it hurts you mm-hmm. and being like, I give you a pass to harbor negative feelings about me and think that I'm wrong because it, I don't reciprocate your feelings. I realized that <laughs> I, I kind of already said my thing. My th- I was just going to say when I first heard this question, I thought of street harassment.
0: <laughs>
1: mm. That was yeah. my initial visceral reaction to this question was, People I don't know are expressing interest in me, and then I w- and then I was like, this is a little bit silly to have this take and have a conversation about it, because we all know that street harassment isn't about liking someone or having feelings for someone, so it's, it's not quite w- what the question was getting at, but I think it does touch on the idea of like moving through the world as like a sexualized person.
0: Yeah, Unwanted attention. It's all about unwanted attention. Which can be so scary.
2: Also, I think a lot of young people who are harassed on the street have not had the opportunity to learn a, like, more critical analysis of what street harassment is and why it happens. And I think a lot of people do think these men are attracted to me. Um, so I don't think it's, like, wild for you to associate that with this question. Um... Because I, I I think it's only thanks to, like, the feminist movement in this country and Chile where I lived for a few years did I, like, come to a different understanding that harassment is not about, like, these men actually liking you in a sense.
0: All right. How would you answer this question if a kid asked you? A kid did ask me and I did have to answer. <laughs> I'm excited <laughs> to hear what you both would say.
2: I would first have a lot of follow-up questions. <laughs> I would hope that this question came to me from a real person talking to me in real time mm-hmm. instead of anonymously. So my answer is kind of a cop-out from answering if it were anonymous, but maybe more applicable for people listening to our podcast who are talking to a, a real kid in real time. Um, I would have a bunch of questions about, like... Um if the person asking the question likes the boys back or not, like, if they've decided that they would, like, like to have any sort of relationship, if they want to be their friend, if they want to try dating, like, I would try to suss out what they want. Because, um, like I said earlier, for me, and I project that for a lot of other people, there's a certain point in preteen years and adolescence When I was like, these boys like me, I should say yes. And I think a really helpful intervention in those moments is someone saying, what do you want? If you don't know what you want, how can we figure out what you want? If you do know what you want, let's work on that. Constructively helping the question asker realize that there's not just one thing you should do if boys like you. Besides, figure out what you want to do. And then, like, I would have different responses based on what they said. But I guess my summary is, figure out how you feel about these boys. If you don't like them, I can help you figure out ways to tell them.
1: Quit blushing.
2: they can move on and you can move on. God. (laughs) Oh, no, not that. (laughs) If you do like them, we can figure out ways for you to say that also. So then you both know, which could make you both happier. Uh And if you don't know, that's the hardest one. Mm. It That would really depend on the person's age, I think. I would say something about there's, like, no rush to do anything with these boys. Like, if you don't know, you can tell them, I don't know. Give me some space. And also, some people, especially, like, older people, if they don't know, it could be really valuable to, like, try it out. But, like, be very clear about the fact that they're, like, tr- figuring it out. To the other person.
0: That's a great answer, Eve. Very thorough, very helpful, and very focused on the question asker and their needs and their desires, which is what we mean when we say we teach pleasure-focused sex ed is things that we want. We seek things that we want. I unfortunately did not get to ask any follow-up questions, so I said you never have to do anything you don't want to do. Sometimes people tell you that someone's bothering you because they like you, but that doesn't make it okay to bother you and it can sometimes feel uncomfortable when people give us a lot of attention you can always say no or tell someone you're uncomfortable or that you need space and it's also okay to decide that you like that person who likes you and want to get to know them better and you're allowed to do whatever feels right to you yeah
1: yeah i have nothing to add to either response
0: we're prepared to to guide the young people into better experiences than we had <laughs>
1: yeah Yeah, let's create a world in which we can dialogue about our feelings, in which someone can say, I like you, and you can say no, and they can say, okay.
0: Oh, my God. I know. Well, that's, like, the missing piece of this conversation is how to talk to all people, and especially boys, because of how boys are socialized, but all people, about how to respond to a rejection. There's so much from adults of, like, just keep trying. Like, oh, don't let it get you down. Like, she probably just wants to be friends first, right? Like, all whatever nonsense. Like, this person said they don't like you, like it's time to stop pursuing them. And also you are great and other people will like you. And like, it's as simple as that. And you're allowed to have all the feelings that you have about it. Just not at that person. (laughs) Like you can have them with me. You cannot have them with that person.
1: And also to clarify, it does not mean to reject someone.
0: (laughs) It does not mean (laughs) to say no. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I just read a book this week that, had like a a big breakup line in it from when one of the characters broke up with his high school girlfriend that your line Eve from fifth grade made me think of his line for breaking up with his high school girlfriend was I think that we should go our separate ways and that those paths never again should meet
2: (laughs) well then
1: (laughs) that's clear
0: Uh, it's clear that's a little harsh but it's clear that's clear
1: Well, Eve, thanks for joining us.
0: Thank you, Eve. Thanks for having me. What a conversation. Something I did learn, something I did learn
2: is that everyone involved in editing. I know multiple people have been involved in editing over the course of this podcast. Everyone involved in editing does a vital
0: role. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's true.
1: (laughs) Yes, there's content cut for sure.
0: Speaking of which... We have so appreciated Mike editing our podcast last season, and we want to pay him moving forward, and we need your help. So, dearest listeners, please go to patreon.com slash yes to consent and become a patron. Even if it's for $1 a month, it really matters because we uh, are giving our free labor and we're asking other people for their free labor, and it's just not sustainable. So if we want this to keep going, we need we need some support. So. Uh, please, please consider going to our Patreon even for $1 a month. And we want to thank our uh, success sustainers who give us $12 a month, which are Leonard, Katie Gifford, Molly Waggett, and Susan Abraham. You all are are helping us make this happen. And so are all of our other patrons um, at our other levels. So thanks. And also like contact us at At contact at yestoconsent.org or on our Facebook and Instagram at yestoconsent to to tell us your Boys Like Me, What Do I Do moments.
1: Please do. We will actually read them. I have nothing to read at the moment, so (laughs) I'll engage. Bye, Eve. Bye, listeners. Bye. How does our music go? This podcast is hosted by me, Rebecca Klein, and Izzy Abraham Raveson, mixed by Mike Morangello, music by Austin Alfano, artwork by Rebecca Klein and Jackie Soro, and a special thanks to the kids who asked the questions and inspired this podcast.